Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Unveiling Grace podcast. So glad you're with us. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. And we have someone with us from the Phoenix area today. Audrey and I met a few years ago. She has left performance-based religion. Actually, it's been a while since she left, but she has a real heart for God. And we got connected because she's been working on a best friend of hers for many, many years. And uh, brought that best friend to hear me speak one day and she did eventually give her life to Jesus. Um, so we wow. thank God so for cool. yeah. like you, right? That yeah. opened their hearts and minds to talk to others about this life beyond performance-based religion. Audra Slusher, tell us a little bit about yourself and your upbringing. So I do live in outside of Phoenix. Um, I was born into a Mormon family. I'm the youngest of six kids. Um, my mom's family um, is very, very LDS. They, um, their ancestors, when they came across the um, country, um, Tom Brigham Young set my ancestor into the southeastern Idaho area. And that's where I still have family who lives there today in very yeah. LDS. My dad's parents, um, my grandfather was a convert, but my grandmother was born and raised in the LDS church. Um, and so we, we lived in Utah when I was little. Um, and I remember, I don't, my very first memory of church, I was like six, maybe. And I remember them talking about the different levels of heaven. And I remember being very scared of not being good enough to be in the celestial kingdom. I remember Mm -hmm. that, like, I remember being in the church and I remember the whiteboard and them talking about the different levels of heaven and that we have to be so, so good to go to heaven, to go to the celestial kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I um, remember thinking, I'm not going to be good enough. I definitely had that issue when I was a little, and even now it's kind of imposter syndrome. Like, I'm not going to be good enough. Um, so, so is is that imposter syndrome or is it just like reality? I mean, that none of, none of us are ever as good as we realize or know we could be. So I think it's a little both. I definitely think when I was a kid, it was, I was never good enough. Um, my mom, my parents divorced shortly after that memory or before that memory. I don't remember mm. time-wise. Wow. And um, my mom kind of jumped from church to church and never really found a good one until I was in middle school. Um, and we, she got connected to be friends with um, a family that were on furlough. They were missionaries in Africa. Oh, and wow. okay. they... We're back in the States. 
for their year off and they connected with my mom. I'm, my mom has since passed away, but I have, I'm still in contact with this woman. Um, and she kind of brought us in to their fellowship. So we started going to church with them. Oh. And we went to a Newsboys concert in 92 or 93. I don't remember the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember them talking about this free gift of God loves you so much and you only have to accept his free gift. And I thought, wow, that's way better than trying to earn my way into heaven. <laughs> so all I had to do was accept my, this free gift. And so I gave my life to Christ then. Really? Um, a Newsboys concert. At a Newsboys concert, that yeah, is and so one of, awesome. I've been a huge fan of them for like forever. So yeah. How, how old were you then? Not, um, I was. I'm trying to think. It was ninety two or ninety three? So eleven or twelve? No, okay. eleven. Very yeah, young. eleven. Very young. But I remember thinking, okay, this is cool. It's a free gift from heaven, and I don't have to earn it. So, um, and my mom. When my mom left the Mormon church um, and she took her name out of the, off the rolls and then she only took my name. She, she did not take any of my other siblings. She took my name off the rolls, which um, without my dad's permission. Oh, wow. Which was very interesting (laughs) because I, um, I'm the only one who kind of, besides my sister, who's still active. I only have one sister who's still active. I am the only one who kind of wanted to be in church and wanted to find religion. Um, And so I kind of wanted to be like connected to something. And I wanted to, um, and I just couldn't, was never a mom and they never could find me. Like I would go to college, when I went to college, the missionaries could never find me. And I was like, why is this? So I asked my dad, who is still active in the Mormon church. And he said, oh, your name is, was taken off the rolls. You are huh. no longer a member. And I was like, but all of my siblings were. So I was the only one. So even then, when my mom took her name off the rolls, God was protecting me because I probably would have went back to the Mormon church pretty fast, but because it's yeah. very easy. It's another checkbox to do. Yes. So it's not. Well, and with it's the whole a, fa- with your whole family situation, there's such a huge family draw mm-hmm. within the LDS religious context. So, yeah. Well, uh, yes. So, were your siblings active? Um, I have one sibling who is still active. Um, my oldest sister, she left. Is she doesn't know really know if there is a god. Then the next sister, she's still active. The next. Um, the other sister, she thinks that if there is a God, that he is very unkind because of some hard situations in her life. Oh, and yeah. then my oldest brother is, they were active in a Lutheran church for a while. Um, I, I think that he would claim himself as agnostic. Okay. And then my next, my other brother is actually mentally ill. He is a bipolar schizophrenic. And um, also a raging alcoholic. He is currently awaiting charges um, for some bad choices he made when he was a manic episode. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's been, been a tough, tough couple months in my life. Um, I actually have the opposite. Most Mormon families, if they have someone who has left the church, 
Um, they don't want to include you in activities. They kind of shun you. I do not have that option at all. Um, my parents divorced when I was five and my mom, um, she is one of five kids and they are still very active in my life. I was in Salt Lake um, a little over a, a month ago and okay. I went and saw my mom's, one of my mom's sisters and she was happy to have us. And I stayed with my dad's sister and um, they live out there too. And so I very much feel connected. I'm not shunned at all. Um, I feel very loved and a, a very inclusive and want to include me in their outings. And I think that has a lot to do with my grandmother and my grandparents on both sides. Very, we want you, we love you. Um, regardless of who you are, we love you. Wow. So. That's so cool. That's such a gift to have within families because it doesn't always happen that way. No. So tell us about your journey in Christianity then. Have you always been strong? Um, I, I think so. I think when I got saved, I was like, okay. I was part of a, a an Assembly of God youth group when I was in high school. Um, and that was pretty cool. We were pretty active. And then between my junior and senior year, my mom, we married her. And she married her high school sweetheart and we moved from Arizona to Spokane, Washington. And he is, um, he was still a member of the church, but he was not very active. And so I found a Presbyterian church that was such a blessing because I moved my last year of high school. I didn't know anyone besides my stepbrother. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> and it was such a God thing. Um, I am still friends with a lot of those people I um my senior year it was such a awesome thing to go in and very active and I got to travel around in this huge high school we got to go to Canada we traveled to the we were on the east side of Washington and we traveled to the west side often um it was such a cool thing and then trying to think timing my first year of college I found a I was, went away to Eastern Washington University and I found a pretty good Christian group. And then my I didn't do very well academically, so I moved back home. And my stepdad and I just could not get along. He yeah. wanted my mom, but didn't really want me. Huh. Um, and so he and I got in a huge fight. And I walked out. And I went and moved back to Tucson with my sister. Um, and... I don't, she's agnostic. She doesn't really know if there's, I don't know how, what she believes. We kind of don't have the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um. And God just showed up. I lived about a mile and a half from his church and I tried it out one day. And um, when I was younger, my Bible verse for my life was Philippians 4, 6 and 7, which is do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, give thanks. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart. And mm. they preached on that the one Sunday I went. That's what oh, they preached wow. on. Wow. And I was like, okay. And they had a, a, a thriving college ministry. So there was a bunch of us college kids, college age kids. And, right. and we helped with the youth. And I spent a year and a half there. 
Um, in the midst of that, I met my husband online. And I oh, lived in cool. Tucson. <laughs> and he lived in the Phoenix area. And I, um, I did a Yahoo personal ad when they were free. And he had a Yahoo personal ad. He was living where we live in the town where we live now. And he had a job offer in Tucson and he's only ever lived where he's in this, where I live. And um, so he was wanting to make new friends. Um, and so he answered my Yahoo personal ad in <laughs> April of 2002. Um, we met in person in June of 2002 and we started dating and then we were married in September of 2003. And then I moved up to the Phoenix area. Um, we kind of bounced around from churches when we first got married. Um, he was a believer then, then? Yes, my husband is a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't really have, he didn't really want to go to church with his parents where they were going. And so we kind of just bounced around. Um, didn't really find a church home until fall of 2004. We went to a Baptist church. Okay. And... Um, it was good. And then I got pregnant with our oldest and I have rough pregnancies. Um, and so I kind of stopped showing up for service for church. Cause I just didn't feel good. Yeah. Um, and the church didn't show up like they, I think they should have, they didn't uh-huh. really talk or communicate or call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when my son was born, he had some issues and they kind of showed up and we kind of got more help. Um, but now, was this a husband, larger church? Cause I know in the, in the Phoenix, even around Arizona, there's some really large churches and sometimes. Um, no, it's, okay. I would say about 200, 300 people, not a massive church. Okay. The church we yeah. go to now is pretty big. The church we go to now has five services. We got a pretty pretty big church right now. Yeah. Um. But no, this is very just. You know, I lived two miles from church, and they just I just was one of those who fell through the cracks. I think because of that. Yeah. Um. And so our oldest has a rare chromosome deletion. He and I are actually the only two in the states who have it, and there's a mom and two boys in Scotland, and. Um, I'm free to share this with you. I lost my husband and he just was mad at God. So he stopped going to church. Um, and I still wanted to go because I knew that God was still good. Um, about, I think when Michael, my oldest is named Michael. When Michael was about a year old, we went to a church for a healing service and I didn't want to (laughs) go. Um, there's a movie with Steve Martin. I think it's called Leap of Faith. And yes. Steve Martin pretends to be a fake evangelist. And he pretends to heal people who are actors. And I remember walking into that church and I'm thinking, I don't want to be here, God. Please, this is stupid. And God was like, let me open your eyes. And it was very much in my mind like, what Steve Martin portrayed in that movie, very fake and very just for the show and no, no heart behind what they were doing. They called us on stage. Um, Michael was not sitting up. He was almost a year old. He was not sitting up. He was very behind developmentally. Um, And they said, if I have enough faith, if Matt and I, my husband and I had enough faith 
Michael would be healed by the end of the week. Well, the week comes and, you know, Michael, Michael wasn't healed. And because of my conversation with God and him saying, open up your eyes, I knew that he, Michael wouldn't be healed. I knew that that was just for show. I think my husband still held that hope that that would be. Yeah. But I, I know that I know. And even back then, Michael was not mine. Michael was completely and totally God's. Um, Michael has, amongst his genetic condition, he also has a couple. With, he's considered medically fragile and with a life-threatening illnesses. So he has an area of gray matter that just floats around in his brain. Um, and if and when it misfires, it'll cause a seizure that will probably kill him. Um, so we kind of just live every day in gratitude that he is alive and healthy. Um, so after that experience with that church and that healing service, I went back to the Baptist church. And then I was found out I was pregnant with our daughter quite not, not very long after that and I that at that time I had a different experience with the church of the Baptist church we were going to they were very helpful and loving and kind and I don't I don't know what what about the climate that changed it just was different um but this is the same church though same church yeah okay. same yeah. church um and so we went there and my you know we took our, our kids there um but i was also in college getting my bachelor's degree and i was seeking because i'm crazy calculus and calculus and analytical geometry one and two online oh my heart and <laughs> and you have and so at this point you have one special needs child and you're pregnant with your second uh, at this point i had one special needs child he was um 12 and my daughter who was typical okay and she was 10 and i okay. was taking this math class online and sundays were my days to do homework um and, you know, I really feel like as much as we need to go to church and have that fellowship with Christ, it also is a habit and you get in the habit of going to church and you have to make it a priority. And because I was taking this math class online and I'm kind of a procrastinator, I would leave my homework till Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got out of the habit of going to church. And again, I was kind of churchless and my walk with God was kind of crappy like I wasn't I was listening to Christian music but I wasn't putting him as a priority we then found a church that has um youth on Sunday afternoons and so February of 2020 we started attending that church my husband and I started attending um service on Sunday mornings also and so we went to church for two Sundays um and then COVID hit Oh, wow. So. At this point, had your husband then kind of come back around to where he was at least willing to go to church or he just to keep the yes. family together? Kind of keep the family together. I also think so right before COVID hit. So January of 2020, I started my master's degree um, in special education. And I will finish that up here in two weeks. I will be done with school. 
Yay. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> That's huge. Um, it is huge. So January of 2020, I started my master's. February of 2020, my husband worked for a company and they cut his whole department and he got laid off after 12 years. Oh, wow. He went into a meeting with his boss and they said, we cut your whole, whole department. And um, th- that was a Tuesday morning and Friday was his last day of this company. He has worked for basically my oh, daughter's my. whole life. He's been worked for his company. Wow. Um, and that was before COVID. You know, we'd February of 2020, we had kind of heard the inklings of something going right. on, but we didn't hear. It was the all over there. Really yeah. 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 Are you going to tell me God used COVID? Oh, (laughs) goodness. Yes, I sure am, actually. Um, And so then March of 2020, COVID hit. And we, the company he worked for at that time, he, and I'm not going to say the name because he actually went back, but that's part of the story too. Yeah. He, he decided, he's like, you know, with COVID hitting and all of this stuff, I don't think that they're going to be around much longer. So he um, cashed out some of this stuff. And we basically, because of COVID and his loss of a job, paid off most of our debt because of just some things. And it was very, very helpful and made us stronger as a couple and more dedicated to being out of debt. Um, You know, in the midst of COVID, he found a job and it had amazing health insurance and it was a good thing for him. And then- This is a good thing for the audience to know, right? What <laughs> looks bad to man, it doesn't face God at all. God he just, certainly can do what he does. Yeah. He just um, used that and, you know, our church went online, as like all churches did during COVID. We didn't meet in purpose in person for the most of 2020. I think we went back to in person in October of 2020. Um, so we were just there. We were just, you know, doing life. But because of my son's, um, my oldest son's genetic condition, in 2010, my husband had a vasectomy. And we were done having kids because I also have the genetic condition and we were done. Mm. And I remember sitting in mm. my house after he had his vasectomy and saying, you know, those things only last like 10 years. Wouldn't it be so funny <laughs> if I got pregnant in 2020? I remember saying this. And I am a school teacher. I teach special education. And we got out of school in December of 2020 for Christmas break. And my husband was working weekend nights. So we had the week off together. And I just didn't feel good. And I told my husband, I am either pregnant or something is seriously wrong. And <laughs> um, yeah, uh-huh. I was pregnant. Wow. Um, I asked so my kids at that point were 13 and 15. And I was like, okay, this is, I left. My husband did not find this funny. <laughs> I was like, I, don't, I have no words. I have really, really rough pregnancies. Um, so I knew I was pregnant on Christmas Eve. And by 
like the January 4th, I was in the ER because I could not keep anything down. I had already lost 10 pounds. And, um, and yes, here I am pregnant. And I was not excited about um, our little one that we were expecting. My husband had come around to the idea. My daughter had prayed for his sibling um, for her whole life. She used to, um, I have notes from when she was little saying, please Santa bring me a sibling for Christmas. Oh, wow. She was so excited about um, being a big sister. And so, Audrey, we might just hang that out there. <laughs> okay. So that people That's... might wonder oh, goodness. how this ends for your daughter and for oh, you yeah. and for okay. your husband. Because we're, kinda... we're at the end of an episode. Oh, wow. That went fast. That was way faster than I thought it would be. I yeah. know. <laughs> this is funny because we've known each other for a while, but I don't know any of these details. So this no, has been don't. great. This has been great fun. And as a woman who also had difficult pregnancies and had a hard time having children, I'm sure there are many people that will relate to this yeah. story. Mm -hmm. I had a couple in the same situation as you two actually in my class one year in a master's class for special ed and we watched the whole thing unfold for the But God is good and sweetheart. Yeah. Um, Joel, grace and peace. Yes, and we'll be back with the next episode. So part two with Audrey Slusher. So long. Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. You can find show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We have an exciting announcement. Michael Wilder's new book, Passport to Heaven, is out. And for a donation of $20 or more to the podcast, we'll send it to you. It's the true story of a zealous Mormon missionary who discovers the Jesus he never knew. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the Micah's Book button to get yours. We appreciate your support of the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.